Hello and welcome to episode 69 of the Synergen Leadership Podcast. For those of you who are listening for the first time, my name is Julian Carl and I am CEO and co-founder of Synergen Group. I'm passionate about all things leadership and management, so passionate in fact that I decided to start a podcast about it. And here we are in season two and my purpose for the podcast continues to be the same, to raise the standard of leadership. So today's show is a little special. We now have our first member of the Synergen Two Times Club as we welcome back to the podcast, Toby Hall, Group CEO of St. Vincent's Health Australia. St. Vincent's Health Australia is the nation's largest not-for-profit health and aged care provider. They operate six public hospitals, nine private hospitals, and 17 aged care facilities in Queensland, New South Wales, and Victoria. St. Vincent's Health Australia employs over 20,000 staff and has revenue in excess of $2 billion. Prior to joining SVHA, Toby was CEO of Mission Australia, Australia's largest national community welfare services organisation, and Toby has extensive background working as a senior executive in the private, public and not-for-profit sectors. Toby's commitment to the poor and vulnerable, both in Australia and internationally, has seen him in leadership roles at World Vision and governance roles with two regional hospitals and healthcare services provider, Sterihealth. He's also a director of UNICEF Australia and holds an MBA from Southern Cross University. Now, because this is Toby's second time on our podcast and we explored his leadership journey in episode 12, we wanted this interview to explore something which Toby is very passionate about, purpose. So we start by exploring Toby's definition of purpose and what his purpose is. We speak about why it's so important and how we can articulate it. We also discuss how our personal purpose needs to align to the organisational purpose. And we finish the interview by asking Toby, can our purpose ever be fulfilled? So keep listening. And as always, we'd really like to hear your thoughts about the interview with Toby Hall, Group CEO of St. Vincent's Health Australia. Happy listening. Welcome to the Synergen Leadership Podcast with Julian Carl. Julian returns in 2019 with weekly conversations with leaders and authors from Australia and around the world, giving you the opportunity to share in their journey and learn from their expertise and knowledge. Julian also shares some of the tools and techniques he uses as a leader, mentor and facilitator, helping you to build your leadership capability and improve your confidence as a leader. Well, welcome back, Toby, to the Synergen Leadership Podcast. Really appreciate uh, you taking the time because you do actually join a very special club, which is the Synergen Two-Time Club, uh, and we're very excited to have you back. So for those listeners who haven't actually uh, listened to the first episode, which I will for- refer to later, are you able to give the listeners a little bit of insight into who you are and what you do? Yeah, I am Toby Hall, married to Fiona with five kids, live in Melbourne in Australia, and I'm Group CEO of St Vincent's Health Australia. Uh, we operate on the eastern seaboard of Australia. We've, we've got about 20,000 people on the team, and we turn over close to $2.5 billion. We run public hospitals, private hospitals, aged care, and research institutes. So way back in episode 12, when you were first on, we explored uh, more generally your your leadership journey. And it was towards the end of that interview that we realized that uh, that there was a passion of yours in terms of leadership, which was this idea of purpose. And so I wanted to take a little bit of a different approach to this interview and really just sort of hone in on on that. And I'd I'd like to start by, uh, are you able to share with the listeners what your definition of purpose is? I think purpose is 
something which is saying, what is the enduring reason that this organisation exists at all? And, and that's not what are we doing in the next three years. It's not doing the same for a five-year period or ten-year period. It's actually saying for the very long term, why do we exist? What are we getting out of bed for in the morning? And what are we saying to our people? This is what we stand for and who we are that will be there forever. Purpose is something that in an organisation probably shouldn't change ever or should change very, very rarely. Vision, you can renew. Strategy, you do on a regular basis, but purpose is something that endures. Okay. And so do you mind if I ask what the purpose of you and SVHA is? Yeah, that's pretty easy. Our, our purpose is to spread the healing ministry of Jesus. Okay. It's as simple as that. Okay. And what does that actually translate to in the way you go about okay. the business? So in how we translate the business, it's actually firstly, sorry for those of you who are not Christian <laughs> uh, or believers, but most people at least believe Jesus existed and he, he had good teaching. And part of what he taught was about healing. And our, our belief internally is just that where we heal people, we're carrying on the work of the church and the work of Jesus in healing people. That might be complex for a lot of people to understand. That means that every interaction we have with someone where we're helping them on a journey to healing, we're actually furthering our purpose. And whether it's a homeless person or a billionaire, we're actually extending that healing purpose. And that's the very heart of what we do. And we can look at every single activity we have, and I think categorically say there is nothing that we do that is not in line with that purpose. And that's what's so important, because when you have purpose, you can have a clarity of the direction that you're going in. So if we turned around and said, well, would setting a school up fit with our purpose? And if it was a very specific medical school, it probably would. But if it was a generic university doing lots of interesting things and doing history and law, well, it wouldn't. And we'd be outside of purpose. So we'd turn around and say, well, actually, we shouldn't be involved in that activity. If we were involved in something related to health that was not leading to a cure, again, you could turn around and say, well, is that actually in line with our purpose? So a really complex issue is, is looking at how do we interact with people who use drugs? And the answer to that is if someone's using drugs and they they don't really want to go on a journey to ever get off drugs, then we would probably say working with us probably is not the right organisation to work with because if you want to work with us, our purpose is about healing and therefore we want to take you on a journey to actually get you off drugs. And that then says, well, what kind of activity could you be involved in? And It'd be fair to say that one ones which sustain drug use for the long term are activities we probably don't want to be involved in because it doesn't fit with our purpose. So when we talk about the concept of healing being right at the heart of our purpose, we can align everything we do to that. And my view is most organisations actually 
and they have an enduring purpose, it makes life really, really easy. But when they don't, you can see they go all over the place because they don't have a clear direction. They can't say, yeah, this fits with our purpose. You might be able to say something fits with a, a current vision or a short-term strategy, but what is that enduring thing that lasts forever with an organisation? I mean, if you look at Apple, a- Apple really... I'm not clear whether they've actually defined a purpose, but if you looked at it, the reality is is that they're living at the moment to a purpose of being driven by, I would say, extreme innovation in the fields that they work in. And that's a great purpose to work in. And if they got to the point where they weren't doing continued innovation, you'd be turning around and saying, well, these guys have lost the plot. They're off their purpose. And is that... Do you find that that, having that clarity of purpose enables people to sort of buy into the organisation or does that happen a lot? I think so. Let let me give you an example. I I went and did an afternoon lecture for a group of people in, I won't say which state just to save them embarrassment, (laughs) but with a group of people who are involved in the transport sector in their state. And their jobs is working with the roads, the trains, the trams, all of the transport infrastructure. And so I sat down with them and said, okay, talk to me about what your purpose is. And they're like, we don't have a purpose. I was like, everyone's got a purpose, whether you've written it down or not. So let's talk about what that could be and they came up with oh well we fix roads that's our purpose and another person was oh, like we we make sure the lights are working on the railway or the lights are working on the roads and the port guys were like we get the port working and the tram guys oh we get the trams working I'm like that's great that's what you do but that's not a purpose because you know frankly I might get out of bed for a few months to fix roads and be excited about it if I'm a really, really kind of full-on engineer, you know, I might do that for a couple of years. But there's going to be a point where I turn around and say, what is the point of this? What difference is it making? And so we then worked through a process to say, well, what could purpose look like? And after some discussion, they, they realised that they weren't about the infrastructure at all. They were about human connection. They were about the story of a dad being able to get home at 6.15 instead of 7.30 because the transport worked properly. Or a mum being able to get into yoga class to meet other people. Or a kid being able to go to school on a train and get educated. They're about bringing people together and about creating connection. That's what they did. That's why they did what they did. And the purpose at the heart of it is why are you doing what you do? And when they saw that they turned around and she said oh my goodness our purpose is actually about connecting people and they went away and got that purpose got it written down interesting enough the ceo didn't turn up everyone else in his <laughs> kind of senior layers turned up but they actually took that away and they actually started advertising that as what they were there to do and the excitement in terms of the thinking and the attitude and the change in that organization has been phenomenal in fact, in their field, I, I would say without doubt, they're the best in Australia now. And I think they're the best because they've understood why they're doing what they do. And it's actually given them an energy and a drive because they connect people. And when you put it into that kind of language, 
then you can understand, okay, yes, I want to work here because, yes, I want to help mums and dads get together early and for dads to see their kids. I want to make it easier for people to get around to do what they have to do. And they got excited about that. That's how it plays out. So there's a real difference between sort of a, the task for one of yep. a better word that people are doing and organisations are doing and what sort of sits behind that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you've got to turn around and say, for people to survive, there needs to be something beyond a paycheck. And a paycheck keeps people motivated for a period of time. We did studies in the UK. I used to work in banking. And people used to get very large paychecks. Usually in our case, it was the end of January, we got large paychecks. And studies showed that the motivational impact even of an excessively large paycheck was probably about six weeks. Mm-hmm. Now, when you know that pay is something that people need but doesn't necessarily motivate them past a certain point, you've got to look at actually what does motivate them. And most of us are motivated by meaning. If you go and speak to people and talk about what, what is it that you care about in life, what is it you want to know, they often come back to the concept, oh, I want to make a difference, I want my life to mean something. And purpose actually translates, I think, meaning of an organisation to people, to say that this is, this is what our meaning is. And if you belong to us, you can join in our meaning. And it's something that's exciting. You can actually be standing up, making a difference, and doing something beyond where you're at. Now, another example of this was actually doing some training with some other leaders around how does purpose play out and let's be practical about this so I actually got them to stand up and run around a room and they're all stupid enough to do it (laughs) in fact I told them to do it five times and they all ran around the room five times merrily because when you're running some sort of leadership workshop people will do anything you can get people to do crazy things and I said to them okay let's sit down and talk I said you know, for the current work you're doing, for your pay, how often would you be motivated to keep running around the room? And there's a point where people turn around and say, you know, maybe 10 times, 12 times, but there's a point where you're going to get pretty ticked off with running around the room. Yeah. But if I turned around and said to them, okay, every time you run around the room, you're saving a child's life. How many more times have you run around the room? And most of them turned around and said, we would keep running around the room until we dropped. That's what purpose is about. It's actually saying, what will keep your people driven, motivated, excited, until they drop even, preferably in an organisational context, <laughs> let me be clear, we don't want our people to be dropping, but we want that passion that people will go beyond because they love what the place is about and it's giving them a sense of meaning. So you mentioned your past of banking. How did you find the purpose? How did you find your purpose? Look, in the banking environment, I I personally didn't. So I don't think it was the right place for me. I mean, yeah. our, our purpose is very clear. It's to make money for ourselves and for other, other people. And the reason I stopped working in banking was precisely because of that. Because for, for me personally, it just didn't fit. That said, for some people it would, and I have no problem with that. But it's then a question of saying, well, if you're working in banking, and it would be fair to say they've had a pretty rough ride 
in the last couple of years. The vast majority of people in banking, and I don't know what percentage, but probably 99.5% of people in banking are good people trying to do the right thing by the people they work with. And I'd say to the banks, this cultural issue they've got is actually easy to get rid of if they've got a clear underlying purpose for what they're doing. Because most banks don't articulate that. And so if you're a staff member, I can absolutely say where I worked, it was about make money for the bank, but really ultimately make money for yourself. And if that's your purpose, I pretty much guarantee you're gonna have some problems at some point or other. Whereas if you turn around and look at, well, what does banking do? Banking facilitates business, facilitates employment, it facilitates success for the community. And if you turn around and say, as bankers, our purpose is actually to make our customers successful, that's something which is very different because when you approach what you do at the bank to say, my job is to make my customers successful, that means you're never gonna rip them off because that's not about making the customer successful. And it gives a very different slant in terms of what you do as an employee day by day. And it changes the psyche to say, this is not about making money for the bank, it's actually about the purpose we exist for, which is to help small business thrive, it's to help big business thrive, it's to help create employment. And those are great things, they are, I mean, they're brilliant things, but unless you can put it into words and articulate it for the people in, in the bank, that that's what we're here to do, if there's no articulation, then they'll make their own judgment. And their own judgment would be based on what, are, what are I, or the organisation focus on. And if it's focused on just making money and there's no articulation of purpose, then they're not gonna change. When you then take a purpose like that and say, well, how would that play out in terms of people's thinking? In theory, you should actually be able to go through every decision and say, well, well clearly this decision is not about making our customers successful. And let's look at the area where they charged fees that should never have been charged. In, in an environment where you've got a clear purpose, there's no way you could have done that because you should have stepped back and said, actually, that's not in line with our purpose. Now, every one of these organisations where things went wrong had a bunch of values up on the wall. And I guarantee pretty much every single one of them had integrity on the list of values. The interesting thing is people's values and organisational values are largely driven by what they do in terms of actions. And why I think purpose is so important is it gives clarity to action. So is that why you've ended up here? Because the, the purpose of SVHA just attracted you, drew you to it? Yeah, look, I came from Mission Australia. Most of the work was working with homeless people, unemployed people and disadvantaged people. And when the people from St Vincent's came to talk to me, I actually knew two or three of the board. So I said to them, look, I'm not that interested in going through an interview yet, but if so-and-so wants to sit down and have a chat with me because I know them, I'm happy to find out what they want to do. Now, probably if they said, all we're interested in is like treating people and, and doing what every other hospital around the world could do, I, I just wouldn't have been that 
excited by it as an arena. It just wasn't my thing. But in our case, the purpose firstly falls into, and I haven't given you the full extended version of the purpose, it falls into this concept of the healing ministry of Jesus. And that's something which I looked at and said, okay, I, I, I like that purpose. I can kind of get where you're coming from. Talk to me about how that actually plays out and what you want to do in the next period of time. And part of what they had is historically, the Sisters of Charity, who own our organisation technically, had this concept of vows that they made when you became a sister. And one of the vows was a vow to serve the poor and vulnerable. And that was a core part of our statements of purpose, that we would serve the poor and vulnerable. And so I said, well, talk to me about what that means. And I think at the time, the organisation felt maybe it had lost its way a little bit and wanted to come back to that heart of serving the poor and vulnerable. And that was something I was excited about. And so when we talked through that, I got the purpose, understood where the, the organisation wanted to go. I looked at it and said, well, that fits really clearly with my values. And I've got my own personal purpose, which makes it easy for me to clarify uh, where I want to work. My, my kind of personal purpose is I, I look at helping people be the best they can be in whatever context they're in. And so for an executive on my team that might be saying to them, I'm gonna push you and stretch you because I know you can do more. And I'm gonna encourage you and motivate you, but I'm not a leader who can sit here and see you be okay with being okay when you can be brilliant. Mm -hmm. And it also goes through to a homeless person to say, let's work together to maybe get one new goal in place today. It might just be getting up tomorrow morning and brushing your teeth and nothing more complex than that. Well, let's help you go on a journey of improvement. And that's what excites me. And anything which is involved in that, which is helping that concept of extending people and growing them, you know, I'm excited by. There's other things in the world that, you know, if a different organisation phoned me and told me what they're about, I'd say, okay, that's really interesting, but it's just not me, thanks very much. And I, I just have to be clear about it. So how did you discover your personal purpose? Like, did you wake up one morning and realise? Was it a process? Was there an event? Was there something which... I, I really... I actually went through a leadership programme in, in New Zealand at Auckland University. Uh, I kind of signed up for it thinking this will be interesting, I'll learn a lot, and went to it. And the first thing that it was like, it was really daunting because I was like 30 two or 33 and there's all these guys running massive companies there it's like the guy who's head of the navy the guy who's head of Fonterra which is New Zealand's biggest business and the guy who's head of the warehouse which is I think New Zealand's second biggest business and I'm, I'm like there thinking how the hell did I even get onto this course with these people and it was like 30 people there or so and what they did is a very interesting process of working with people and put them in put them under intense pressure to understand how they worked and operated. And some people thrived in that environment and some people didn't. I, I did okay, thank, thank goodness. They then, as part of that, gave us personal coaches to work with us. And part of the per, per, personal coaches' job was to actually take us through a journey of understanding ourselves and coming to articulate our personal purpose. 
to actually look at how we could then identify what, what are the right places for us from a career point of view to work, what are the right places where we'll fulfil everything we can with our lives. And so working with that, and my coach is called Polly, she's, she's an absolute star, a little bit scary in terms of, like, you should never let you get away with anything. Like, <laughs> I, I like coaches like that, sort of. Uh, and uh, so with Polly, we worked through and came to the conclusion that I, I actually wanted to focus on this concept of helping people be the best they could be. And it probably took us over two days' intense discussion and thought a process for me to get to that point and through that actually I bizarrely enough I said said she said well having identified that if you could work anywhere in the world and do anything you wanted to do what would you do and I said oh that, that's easy I'd go and work for World Vision and she said well why don't you I was like it's like oh that's a good point <laughs> so she I uh, I I looked at World Vision's website and I actually applied for a few things, didn't hear anything back. And then, like, completely out of the blue, got approached to apply for the COO role at World Vision. So, went and applied for that and got it. And once I was in there, realised that, yeah, the, the concept of working in that environment where it really fitted, they had a purpose that aligned with my purpose, was where I wanted to be. And so that's, that's at the moment where I've kind of worked and carried on trying to make sure that I'm aligned with that. And it's kind of worked okay for me so far. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm curious, how did you feel when you suddenly had this clarity in your own mind that I'm clear about my purpose and what I'm here to do and then that makes all my career choices that much easier? Oh, it's brilliant. It's actually quite freeing in, in a way because you, you sit there. I mean, I get people all the time who come up to me and go, oh, you must have done all this stuff to career plan and do your trajectories and all that kind of stuff. And I'm, like one, one of my staff actually said, you've got to have a five-year plan. And I was like, no, I never had a five-year plan. And he's like, oh. And he goes, well, what do you do? And I said, oh, I was able to turn around and say, well, actually, I focus on purpose. And as long as I'm focusing on doing my purpose, I kind of figure all the other stuff will line up. So it's been really good for me, and you you can then turn around. You can actually judge things against against it, and turn around and say, "Look, people will ask you to do things, whether it's board roles or going to speak at events and those kind of things." And you can turn around and say, "Well, if it doesn't fit, you can just say no to it." And one of the great things I think about purpose and good vision is actually they're they're probably as much, in fact, more about what you can say no to, so you can be really focused on what you want to do. There's an outrageous book at the moment uh, with a quite rude uh, title. <laughs> I have to remember uh, the, the exact title, I think, is The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F. <laughs> Having apologised to all you non-Christians, I apologise to all you Christians out there now. <laughs> but what, what he articulates in that, and I was pretty dubious about even reading it, but what he articulates really is a brilliant model of understanding what matters we we live a really short life really we've got 70 80 years on this planet and understanding purpose and clear vision lets you direct your life into doing stuff that matters for you that you're going to be passionate about and driven by i would hate to have a, a wasted life where i look back and said oh i hated doing all these things 
Um, my daughter has just started in the corporate world and she's been in about three years and second year in a lady who worked in her organisation who was in her early 50s came up to her and said look Harriet don't become what I've become wow. I've wasted I've basically wasted my life and I've got a crap job that I hate and I don't want that for myself I don't want it for other people but too many people can float along because they haven't got some kind of guiding purpose to say this is where I'm headed and I think when people stop and actually say what is the guiding purpose for me it helps them make decisions so that they won't wake up at 50 or 55 and say oh my god I've wasted my life doing a load of stuff I hate in a job I don't like getting okay pay to end up being unhappy when I can do nothing about it when actually at 25 or 30 you can easily turn around and say I'm going to think clearly about having a purpose I'm going to work in a field that I'm doing something I care about love what I do and I can be passionate about it and that's I think something which is far more compelling for people than focusing on I can go and make a ton of money and I'll be frank when I was 22 I didn't care about anything in terms of my career apart from making a ton of money but it, it didn't actually take me very long to work out. It doesn't matter how much money you make, it doesn't make you happy. But when you've got clear purpose, I think happiness can follow that. Now I have to be clear to people, I don't think you have to work in the nonprofit world for that. So the guys who work in infrastructure and the trains and the trams who got into their heads that they're about connecting people, connecting families, you know, I think that's an amazing thing to do. I actually think the work in banking is brilliant, where you actually help people be successful in their businesses. What a wonderful thing to do. And I think there's a, a drive in that, that you can be excited about. You can see that you can create purpose in any environment. And the key thing, I think, for people, I think personally, is to say, think and focus on what is your purpose. But also, look at your organisation, and particularly to organisation leaders. Work out what the purpose of the place is and get people aligned to that because it creates a far higher engagement. I think it helps people achieve more. I think, I don't ever have to talk about motivation at this organization because people know what we're about. They, they bring motivation because they're passionate about what we're doing and they're driven by it. And like to be honest, I've got a ton of people who are way more passionate, I think in some ways, about what we do than I am. And that's just incredible that we've got that. But we've got that because we've got purpose. And when I go, that purpose is still going to be here. And when the CEO after me goes, the purpose is still going to be here. And that that's what's important, is holding on to that thing which is enduring about an organisation that will last beyond the CEOs, last beyond the boards, that actually says, almost this is who we are. Hmm. So almost as though the the organisation has its own life regardless of who's floating in and out of the business. Oh, it does, in fact. Organisations are very good at uh, continuing when they've got purpose. And if you look at historically the organisations that have maintained, our organisation's been around for a good 178 years. I hope I've got that right. Someone will correct me when I've got yeah. that wrong. Uh, I'll get some emails. Uh, and that's because we've got a purpose. 
the Benevolent Society was the first charitable organisation in Australia. It's been around 200 years because it's got a clear purpose. You look at places like the Red Cross, it's been around for well over 100 years, and you, you can list all these organisations that have survived and thrived. In a time, actually, when you look at the corporate world, and a few corporate organisations have survived for a very, very long period of time, but actually not that many. The bank I worked at doesn't exist anymore. It had a life of 60 years, and I think it only had a life of 60 years or so because it basically didn't have a clear purpose. Whereas if you can step into organisations and, and identify a clear purpose and identify what they're there for for the long term, you can say they're going to be around a long time. Now, if you go into the Apples and the Googles and the Facebooks of the world, you know, some of those are going to be gone in five, ten years. I know people think that's crazy, but that that's a reality. They've risen quickly, but they can die quickly as well. Mm. And if you want to look at Nokia, we all had Nokias 15, 20 years ago. Mm. None of us have got them anymore because they completely lost their way. And I think they lost their way because they didn't have a clear purpose. Whereas at the moment, if you look at Apple, I think part of what they've got is they have got this inherent creativity, which is part of their being, which is part of their personality, which is keeping them on the edge. But if they lose that, because, and I think because they haven't articulated clearly and said this is what endures beyond any of the CEOs, the same fate will come to them. So my belief really is that having that clarity of purpose is what keeps things existing for a long time. And when you get into the wider world, the enduring institutions, the church, the Muslim religion, the Buddhist religion, and these have lasted for thousands of years. And they've lasted actually largely because they bring purpose. And even in the current mess that the church is in in Australia, for the normal people on the ground, they're not focusing on what the hierarchy is doing or the CEO is doing. They're focusing on the purpose because they know the purpose is good. And they know that there'll be a change of guard and a change of structure in the hierarchy, but the purpose endures and they'll hang with it. If they didn't have that clear purpose, like who wouldn't have left all those organisations by now? Who wouldn't have got out? Mm. But a lot of people have hung with them because they know there's something greater and that's the purpose that they're hanging on to. So what happens if people or organisations are struggling to find their purpose? What do they do in that situation? Look, I, I think if you're struggling to find your purpose, I think you've got a problem. Because if you haven't got a reason to be here beyond just making money, you know, or if you, if you want to just make money, and I guess for some people that might be their purpose, and if it was, then good on you, clearly articulate it, and everyone knows what they're doing when they go to the organisation. But if you haven't got clarity of purpose, I think you'll just get a mess over time. And I think this is what's happening in a lot of organisations, especially the ones which have risen and fallen, and some of them have risen again. I think they've done that because they haven't had a clarity of purpose. I, th I think a really good example of that is, if you look what happened to Kodak, I think Kodak lost their way because they focused on product rather than purpose. So Kodak, we all knew for photography and printing our pictures, and they actually created the digital camera. 
I mean, so man, they've got they've got the world at their feet by creating the the digital camera. But their headspace was their product was printing, and if you created a digital camera, then the printing went away. But their product and their purpose was never about the printing. Like, who wants a load of crappy old photos from forty years forty years ago that fall apart? People don't want that. What they want is the memories. They want to see the faces fresh and clean and beautiful, and they want to remember what happened. And so their purpose was about creating memories. But because they focused on product rather than purpose, when the digital camera came along, it's like, well, oh no, we're not going to sell any products. Whereas if focused on actually we're about memories, they would have poured everything they had into the digital camera because that would create memories that would last forever. Nearly all the paper-based, printed-based stuff is going to disappear. The digital stuff now can be with us literally forever. And that's where they should have focused. But I think because they hadn't got that clear purpose, they lost their way. Whereas if someone had turned around and said, actually, you know, we exist for memory, we're just, or memories, we're going to have to somehow step in, create this product and get it to work to create memories in a different way. They'd still be here, they'd still be thriving, they'd still be brilliant. So you, you, you run a large organisation, 20,000 people. How do you articulate the purpose to, to 20,000 people around the country? Because that's a lot of people. Yeah. Well, I, what I try and do is talk about it and also try and translate it for people. And so I'll turn around. I, when I write communications, I'll always focus on uh, either a purpose, vision, or our values. And I, I won't write on pretty much anything else other than those and pretty much every time I talk every time I speak I'm talking about we're here to extend the healing ministry of Jesus what does that mean for you that means if you're a Christian and you're doing it you're kind of aligned with your faith but if you're a non-Christian and you're doing it what you're doing is you're looking at the good works that someone did a long time ago and saying hey I can take those and do the same thing you're helping bring healing, you're helping bring restoration to people. And then you can say to the cleaners, actually, keeping the hospital clean is a vital part of healing. And you're on the journey of healing as well. Keeping the machinery of the place working, if you're one of the food people who's taking food to a patient, you're part of that healing ministry. And taking that, you can extend to everyone that you're part of this purpose. And is actually, to that extent, in my view, when it comes to purpose, there's no hierarchy. When it comes to organisational structure and all that kind of thing, there's a hierarchy. But when it comes to purpose, there isn't. In fact, in many ways, in purpose, the hierarchy is inverted to those closest to the front line because they're the ones who touch most closely the lives that we work with. And so someone who's a cleaner might turn around and say, well, I'm not a CEO, I'm not paid a tonne of money, but I can categorically say to them, they do as much, if not more, to fulfill the purpose of the organisation than I do. And I can say that to everyone at every layer of the organisation, that this is where you play a part and your role has meaning is important because of that. And so I just talk about it, try and take people through stories to say, well, how is it lived out? And a good example, we had a mum come into a hospital in Fitzroy. She was going to be in the hospital for a month. Porter took her up to the room, knew she was going to be in hospital for a month. And she was put in a room with a concrete wall as a view outside. Now, that would drive me crazy after about an hour. 
The porter, having put her in the room, went to the nursing unit manager and said, look, this lady's going to be here for a month. Can we find her a better room? And so within two hours, she was moved to a better room because the porter knew it would be better for her, he'd be caring for her, it'd be better for her healing and restoration. That, that's purpose being lived out, and I think great leaders have to talk about not just the purpose, but actually say, here's the stories that have been lived out and show to people that anyone can do that. So when you heard that story, because that, that's an example of someone living and breathing it, yep. what, what, what was sort of your reaction to that? I was, I was excited. In fact, I'm excited every time I hear a story of people going beyond and doing special things. And yeah, we, we try and celebrate it. To be honest, in this organisation, it's almost impossible to celebrate because it happens so much. It's literally uh, every day there's things happening where people are going beyond the call of duty. They're doing things beyond themselves. And sometimes they do crazy things and actually where someone's done something amazingly special, we try and celebrate that and help say to people, look at what this person's done. But we get those stories all the time. But yeah, you always feel great about it and that's that's the good side of health sometimes we have sad stories too uh, and obviously in health not everyone has their health restored and in those cases even in those cases where someone might pass away you can actually still bring a whole level of healing to people through a journey towards the end of life that might be healing of relationships for them and their family might be healing and reconciliation for them about what they're stepping through. But even in that environment where everything is heading in the wrong direction, in a lot of cases you can still bring a form of healing to people. And that's that's something which is important. I think one of the things also we talk about is, is that we aren't just about the patients, we're about their families and those connected with the patients as well, and the healing should extend into them where possible. Hmm. You mentioned the way that you uh, focus your communications around literally the purpose, values and the the mission. Was that a very deliberate approach to leadership that you decided or did you learn that somewhere? Did you come up with that? How did you come to that decision that that was how you were going to sort of start to fan out the the purpose? I I came to that conclusion after working a few places and realising that even though I was going on about things, they weren't necessarily getting into people's heads. And I think one of our failings as leaders is that we assume, we say a purpose and a vision and a strategy, tell everyone what it is and what the values are, and we'll send out some communications and think, okay, well, job done, great, I'm going to move on to the next thing. Whereas the job's never done, in my view, with articulating purpose, vision and values. In fact, you have to re-articulate and re-articulate because what you've got in your heart and it kind of is implanted there and tattooed on is is kind of at best when you go right through an organisation is maybe kind of going to be washed off that night by someone having a shower. And so you're actually reminding people again and again and again because they don't see it and hear it like you do. They're, they're busy, they're doing their thing. So part of the CEO's job is to actually remind people, I think, of 
this is who we are, this is what we stand for, this is what we do, again and again and again. In fact, there's sometimes, and I'll, I'll be very honest with this, when you've got 20,000 people and you go and do a road show and you tell people the story 30 times, by the 30th time, <laughs> it can be hard to keep the energy up, but for them often, it's the first time or the third time or the fourth time and it's not the 30th time and so what's fresh for them might be old for you but actually you've got to keep bringing that thing again and again and again and we talked earlier uh, about the concept of simplicity and I think simple messaging repeated again and again will sink into the hearts of an organisation and that's what I think great leaders have to do is give absolutely simple, clear messages so people understand why we're here, how we live, who we are, and they can aspire to live by that. Hmm. How, do we, how do we help others find their purpose? Because the one thing I've been thinking about as we've been having the conversation is about levels of leadership. Yep. And often, because we work a lot with sort of the front line and the middle management level of leadership, and I often wonder are they given the opportunity to either contribute to a purpose or have the time or the headspace to think about their own purpose? So how can we help other leaders at all levels find their purpose? I think firstly, it's just something that people need to set aside time for and consciously think about themselves. Most of the time, and I've had quite a lot of people ask me this question, my my answer to them is I, I focus and I think the right way to start focusing it is to think about what you love doing and enjoy doing and would probably still love and enjoy doing even if you weren't paid. I also say to people have a think about what fires you up and gets you angry because often that's an indicator of purpose or passion because anger is not necessarily a wrong thing how you display anger can be a wrong thing how you feel anger is is pointing towards something and identifying what that is pointing towards can be quite key now in the non-profit world that's easy to do so if you're angry about how we're treating the environment for instance, then that's something you're going to be passionate about and you're going to love it and you're going to want to do something about it. And so that can be a a director to say, okay, in this space I can understand I've got something happening here. When talking about something you love, some different people are driven by different things. I know people who love their jobs day in, day out. And I know people who hate their jobs day in, day out. And my message to people is, well, find what it is you love and do that. And you get paid a lot of money for it, great. But I'd rather be on 50,000 a year doing something I loved than on 5 million a year doing something I hated. And it's actually saying to people, stop it and think about what it is you love. Now, in most jobs, I don't think you're going to love everything. But it's actually saying, on balance, am I doing something that I get enjoyment out of what I'm doing and I'm helping achieve something in terms of the purpose. And if you're in an organisation that has no clear purpose, 
I, I go and talk to your CEO about the concept of purpose, about how it can motivate, how it can build the organisation, how it can drive people to achieve more and can create a long-term organisation that's got a very long-term heart, a long-term vision to succeed in a certain area. Go and talk to them about that. And then I also think sometimes in middle management you have to take some ownership to do stuff yourself. So frankly, and we've all experienced the points where the leadership above us is not crash hot. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you care about leadership and purpose, you can go and study it, you can work on it, and you can implement it in your part of the organisation. And you can actually get in and say, well, regardless of what all these other suckers are doing around here, I, I'm going to do things the way that I like, that I think is right in terms of how I look after my people. And you can do that at any level in an organisation. And if you go to the middle management, you've got some people who are brilliant leaders that everyone loves working for because that person's focused on his people or her people and put time into them and is going to continue to put time into them. Any leader can choose to do that at any level. Any leader can choose to say, well, hey, I'm going to develop some more leadership skills, which might be going and doing stuff in the community, might be putting your hand up for projects at work, it might be saying, okay, well, there's a problem over here, I'll take ownership for fixing that. That's about responsibility and taking your purpose into your own hands. I talked earlier about kind of defining purpose. Once I've done that, though, you actually then have to take some actions and make it happen. And in my case, I turned around and said, okay, well, now I know my purpose. I'm going to go and find places and a work environment that actually fits with my purpose. And sometimes that's what people have to do. You either have to create the purpose where you are or you have to go somewhere that's got a purpose that you fit with. And if you're not prepared to do that, then don't complain. Just kind of get on and do what you do. <laughs> can can our purpose change? Yeah, I think it can. I mean, I've, I've moved through three non-profit organisations that are very large, that all had purpose. And I've enjoyed being part of part of that. And so I think personally you can journey through different different kind of layers of purpose. And I think that that probably doesn't need to be aligned to who you are. With a big organisation, you've got to really question changing purpose. So if I looked at our organisation, I didn't even... Like, the purpose was here when I came, and I didn't even consider for a second change in it. And if I went in and said, I want to change the purpose of the place, I think it would be because the purpose was fundamentally flawed in the first place. So someone had said, well, we're about A, when actually you're really about something different. And I think in that environment, there's an excuse to change, but you've got to think very, very carefully about doing that. But if you were in an organisation where you looked at it and said, well, look, we've got this purpose that we've articulated, but actually that that's just not really who we are, then I think it's okay to do that. But I, I'd be saying to people, when you look at, a change of purpose you're not looking at your tenure as CEO or leader you're, you're looking at the very long term of the organisation which means could you say in 25 years time we're still living in line with what was put in place today and I think if you can do that from purpose point of view then you're on to something if you can't I'd look at it and say yeah I think you're probably not really talking about purpose you're talking about 
vision for a period of time, which is also a good thing to do. But I, I think purpose needs to be very long-term, very enduring, and something that rarely changes and only changes with deep thought. Okay. And can our purpose ever be fulfilled? Like, do we ever get to this point and we say, I'm done, my purpose is fulfilled? Um, sometimes it can, yes. Uh, if you've got a very focused purpose, then absolutely you can have it fulfilled. And it might be an organisation rises up for some kind of political change or legislation change. And a good example, uh, when the NDI was around, there's a whole group of people who had a purpose to get in place a disability insurance scheme. And that was the, that was the purpose they existed for. They were very clear about it. They didn't want to do anything else and they focused on that and they got it. Once they got it, you can put your hands up and say, yeah, I've done that. Other organisations, the purpose is, is more enduring and is, to an extent, in our case, could carry on in theory forever. In our case, though, we'd be over the moon if our purpose came to an end. If we didn't have to heal people, would be happier than anything. Wouldn't be good for the bottom line. But actually, and this is where you've got a contradiction because some of the time, when your purpose is fulfilled and then you have done what you set out to achieve, you've got to actually say, "Well, hey, we've done it. We can hang our hats up, walk down the street, and do something different because we've done what we set out to achieve." Whether that will ever happen with health and healing, I don't know. But if it did we'd be jumping up and down for joy at St Vincent's. Are there any leaders that, looking through the lens of purpose, that sort of inspire you or motivate you? The leaders I've really liked that I've met, I really liked David Thoday at Telstra. And I think David did bring a sense of purpose to Telstra for a period of time around... The shocking concept that they were there to look after customers. Yeah. What, a, what a radical idea uh, that you bring into an organisation that you're there to serve customers. And I actually think he brought that in and very similar to what I was saying earlier. Whenever he talked, didn't matter if it was a public talk, staff talk, he talked about that. He talked about here to serve customers, here to serve customers, here to serve customers' needs. And and I, I liked that about him, and I liked the fact that he never shut up about it. He just went on and on about it. And so that kind of thinking and clarity, I really liked. Oh, opposite end of the spectrum, I really liked Richard Goiter at West Farmers. Now, you might look at West Farmers and say, well, they didn't have a purpose. Well, I actually think West Farmers had a really clear purpose, which was actually to... I think their purpose was to make the highest return they could for their shareholders. And they were crystal clear on that and very focused on how to do it and kept to it with every decision they made. Now, whether you like that purpose or not doesn't matter. It's a question of actually saying there's something that guides the people in the organisation and knowing every decision they make that it's got to be aligned with that, it's got to fit with that, and if it doesn't, then don't do it. And what I liked about their organisation is they were really clear and able to say no to stuff very simply and thought long and hard about when they said yes to stuff because they wanted to make sure it fitted with their purpose. So there's two very extremely different ways of living out purpose that you'd see in leaders and I think have, have delivered 
brilliant outcomes. There's a whole ton of other leaders that I love. You know, I, my probably my favourite leader. I, I I really like Martin Luther King for what he galvanised and he did. And people kind of often look at him as a perfect man, but he wasn't. He had a lot of things which were wrong in his life. He got a lot of things wrong, but he got a small number of things really, really right because he had a clarity of focus on wanting to achieve something. And you've got to admire someone like that. Kennedy's putting someone on the moon or something like that. That, that was a ridiculous kind of statement and a purpose to, to have, but he had this enduring idea of if you could focus America on that, it would bring the restoration that it needed and bring the healing it needed post-war, post a very difficult time in terms of the race relations in the country. And that purpose refocused people and they did it. And so that kind of direction and clarity for people I hold on to and like. And then probably lastly, World Vision is an organisation I admire a lot. And they've got this purpose, which is for every child, life in all its fullness. And that's a, that's a beautiful thing and lives beyond the CEOs is a clarity of direction and call to anyone who works there and pretty much you can all remember it and so Bob Pierce who set World Vision up I think had a, a wonderful way of creating an enduring purpose for an organisation that in theory could last for hundreds of years because it's got a clarity of purpose around what we're here for. And so if people want to find out more about you or SVHA, where should they go? They can go on to www.svha.org.au. And if they really want to find out more about me, they can find me on LinkedIn. Um, I usually link in when people ask. Occasionally a couple of people have said no to, but not many. And uh, I, I actually do my best to always respond when people come to me through LinkedIn and ask questions so I, uh, I might not do it straight away but I usually go and get back to people and I've actually met some really interesting people through it as well and learned learned a lot from other people yeah. so that's a, you can get hold of me through that okay and any last words on leadership and purpose uh, all I can say to people is I think firstly have a look at focusing and trying to identify can you work out a purpose for yourself and if you can get that right, then wherever you are in the organisation, try and live that out. And then in your organisations, and particularly to leaders, I, I would say you'll get more value out of sitting down and doing a workshop and a thought process around purpose than almost anything else you do. So give it a go, see where you land, and if you get it wrong, you can always pick it up and give it another go. On that note, Toby Hall, thank you so much for being on the Synergen Leadership Podcast. Thank you very much. Well, that wraps up episode 69 of the Synergen Leadership Podcast, another great business leader interview for you. I'd like to encourage you to head on over to the Synergen Group website and engage in a conversation with us. Tell us what you liked about the episode, tell me who you'd like me to interview, or tell us what sort of content you'd like us to deliver. And as always, if you are an iPhone user, please feel free, head on over to the Apple site, leave us a review, it does help build awareness of our podcast here. 
In next week's episode, we have another curriculum ecosystem episode for you where I explore the communication model that we use in our face-to-face leadership programs. So it's another great content episode. Until then, always love to hear what you think. Reach out to me on LinkedIn and happy listening.